Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to revisit the topic of miracles. Miracles are essential to the doctrine of the Christian faith. Uh, Paul himself says that without the miracle of the resurrection, then our preaching will be in vain. So when it comes to the topic of the miracles, I think it's important that all of us as Christians have a healthy understanding, number one, of what a miracle is, and number two, what a miracle is not. So for today's episode, uh, we have a special treat. Uh, We have the author of The Case for Christ, as well as The Case for Faith, as well as numerous other case studies, as I call them. Uh, We have on air with us author and speaker and apologist, Brother Lee Strobel. Brother Strobel, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We thank you for coming on Sound Reason, the radio show. Sure. You just uh, released a book uh, called The Case for Miracles. So my first question is, what motivated you to write a book on miracles? Well, you know, I was an atheist for much of my life, and uh, it was really my two-year investigation into the historical evidence for the resurrection uh, that convinced me that that particular miracle uh, established that uh, Jesus had not only claimed to be the Son of God, but backed up that claim by returning from the dead. Mm. And so I came to faith based on that um, uh, understanding that the uh, resurrection of Jesus is an actual miracle that took place in space and time. And I came to believe, you know, as a new believer in Jesus, and as I further studied the Gospels and so forth, and came to believe in the uh, other miracles that are described in Scripture. But I really, you know, when I came to faith, I didn't lose my skeptical nature. You know, my background's in journalism and law, so I tend to be someone who wants evidence and wants facts. And so I I was really curious, is God still doing miracles? Mm. Is he still in the miracle business? Is he intervening divinely in people's lives in the 21st century? And uh, so that's what prompted me to take my journalism training and legal training and investigate the supernatural and uh, spent about two years doing that, and the result is my new book, The Case for Miracles. Now, as I was reading the book, there was a point that came out between the dialogue between you and um, uh, the skeptic Michael Shermer. Yes. And one of the points was miracles. Um, what are they in terms of definition? And yeah. Is everything a miracle? Because we just throw around that term. When I say we, I'm using it loosely, but a lot of people throw around the term, that's a miracle. But can you tell us what a miracle is? Yeah, you know, you're right. We use that term. You know, I'm I'm driving in downtown Houston where I live, and oh my goodness, I found a parking place at rush hour. It's a miracle, you know. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, we use that uh, term a lot. But I think where the misunderstanding comes in, and this is really a critical issue, as you say, how it is defined. Because, for instance, the famous skeptical philosopher David Hume mm-hmm. uh, gave a, an incorrect definition of miracle. He said, quote, a miracle is a violation of mm-hmm. the laws of nature. Well, it's not. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here uh, in my office. I'm holding a pen. If I were to drop this pen, the law of gravity says it will hit the floor. 
But if I drop this pen and you reach in and grab it before it hits the floor, you haven't violated the laws of nature. You haven't violated the law of gravity. You're merely intervening. And, and this is what God does. He intervenes in the cosmos, in, mm. the, in the nature that he himself created. Mm. So I think the definition I like the most comes from a, a philosopher named Richard Pertill, who was um, – professor at Western Washington University. And he said, a miracle is an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature for the purpose of showing that God has acted in history. So it's a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature. And certainly if God created nature, which, you know, and I have two chapters in my book that talk about the evidence of physics, uh, and, and show how God uh, is responsible for the creation of, of the cosmos, um, then certainly he has the power to intervene. Um, I mean, compared to the creation of the universe, something like a virgin birth or walking on water would be like child's play uh, to God. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. So since we brought out his name, uh, Michael Shermer, Yeah. Uh, can you tell us, because you start off the book by interviewing him, and yeah. and, and, and as I was reading it, I, I, I felt like I needed to uh, insert myself in the room right. and, and, and answer some of the questions myself. Right. So I, I love the way that you build, you build, you build it up uh, and, <laughs> and then refute uh, some of the things that he believed in. So who is uh, Michael Shermer? And, and then if you could just unpackage the difference between a skeptic and an atheist. Yeah, Michael Shermer is probably the most famous skeptic in America. He's the founder and editor of Skeptic Magazine. Uh, he's got a Ph.D., and I believe it's in the history of science. Um, he's a skeptic. And when I asked him, well, does that mean you're an atheist or agnostic? What are you exactly? You know, he was a little ambiguous about that. I think he probably placed himself in the agnostic uh, category. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says it's someone who relies on science and um, like you, I during this interview with him, which lasted quite a long time, and I ended up writing the first three chapters of the book presenting his case against miracles, I wanted to jump in and, and respond to some of his misunderstandings, but I restrained myself um, and allowed him to build his case against miracles. And then in the rest of the book, I kind of answer his objections and then build the affirmative case. So I don't think we as Christians need to be afraid of the case that's made by skeptics or atheists, because I think it's a really weak case. Right. Uh, I really do. And and so I thought, why not? Let him present the case against, and then uh, we'll just measure uh, the uh, the case for miracles and show how it's a much more superior case. Thank you for that. And as I, as I stated, uh, this book is one that we as Christians ought to have on our shelves uh, as it relates to the case for miracles. Uh, we're on air with Brother Lee Strobel uh, regarding this book on uh, the case for miracles. Uh, journal- journalists investigates evidence for the supernatural. So there may be those listening to us on air, um, and we have a lot of lay people that listen to us, and as well as a lot of uh, people that are, are in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And they may be asking themselves, what's the big deal about miracles? Shouldn't everybody believe in miracles? So, so can you respond to that? Yeah, I, I, as you said at the outset, and I think you're exactly right, our faith is built on miracles. I mean, um, the, the resurrection, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, if Christ has not been raised, your mm. faith is futile. You're still in your sins. In other words, 
if the if the miracle of the resurrection is a legend, if it's make believe, if it's fantasy, if it's legend, uh, if it's mythology, then our faith is worth, worthless. And um, but the good news about Christianity is it's an investigatable faith. Mm. It makes certain claims about history that can be investigated. And uh, you know, in my book, I interviewed Jay Warner Wallace, uh, former atheist mm-hmm. and cold case homicide investigator who used his detective skills to investigate the resurrection and ended up becoming a Christian and an apologist. And uh, I interviewed him about the evidence for the resurrection. I think it's powerful and persuasive. I think the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus is overwhelming. It's what brought me from atheism to Christianity. And, um, and so once we establish that, that's so important, because what does that mean? It means, number one, that Jesus didn't just claim to be the Son of God, he backed up that claim by returning from the dead. So he proved his identity as being the Son of God through the resurrection. Secondly, it means that uh, if Jesus is still alive, then I can relate to him. I can have a personal relationship with him. Amen. And then third, if Jesus returned from the dead, uh, you know, it means that I, as his follower, will be resurrected someday as well, and I can mm. spend eternity with him. So these are foundational beliefs for Christianity. And I think when God does miracles today, and I document some of these in my book through my interview with Craig Keener, uh, the theologian and, and scholar of Amansbury Seminary, um, uh, when he does those miracles today, I think it's just one more expression of his love, of his grace, of his power, of his presence. Amen. And that should encourage us. That should, that should tell us that, you know, we don't worship a deistic God who's created the universe right. and then walked away. Right. He is present. He is available. I can know him. I can relate to him. I can have a relationship with him. Amen. I, I, I love the passion that you speak with. Um, the other question is, as Christians, we are commanded to share our faith. And so yeah. there are those who are listening to us that may have family members that are skeptical about these miraculous claims, as well as we may have coworkers that are skeptical. Uh, so what I'm asking you for is um, in terms of strategy, how should we as Christians, especially talking about the supernatural, how should we respond like you did with Shermer to yeah. those that are skeptical about Christian claims regarding miracles? Well, I think, you know, we have a good case to present. Uh, We have good evidence, uh, not only for the resurrection of Jesus, not only for the creation of the universe uh, from a supernatural creator uh, based on cosmology and physics, but we also have strong evidence that he's still active and doing miracles today. Mm. And I talk in my book about several cases, including a woman named Barbara, uh, Barbara Kamiski, whose married name is Barbara Snyder, who was... Uh, miraculously and instantaneously healed of multiple sclerosis on her deathbed uh, when 450 Christians began praying for her. It is the most profound miracle I investigated. I interviewed her at length. We have medical records. We have two doctors who have written books about it because they're so amazed at this miracle. Um, It's just an indisputable Mm. miracle. There is no natural explanation for it. And so when we can present those, that kind of evidence, I think it really begins to shake the naturalistic foundations of atheism and um, it really presents a challenge to those who would uh, claim that God does not exist. So, you know, maybe um, if we have someone in our life who is a skeptic, uh, give them a copy of The Case for Miracles and say, hey, I know you're <laughs> a skeptic, and, but what do you think of this? Let's talk about it and, and see what their response is. Amen. I appreciate that. 
So you also collaborated with the Barna Research uh, Group. Yes. Um, and basically the topic was you wanted to know what America's thought about miracles. Right. So what, what was the outcome of that study? Well, that was very interesting to me because, you know, David Hume, the famous skeptic uh, from Scotland in the 1800s, um, actually the 1700s, 18th century, um, he, um, he said, well, miracles are very rare, and, and, and therefore the normal course of nature is what we should default to, that uh, these, these claims of miracles are out of the ordinary and, and rare and therefore should not be believed. And yet, um, I hired the George Barna Research Organization to do a scientific poll of Americans, and I found that 38% of Americans say they have had at least one experience in their life that they can only attribute to a miracle of God. Mm. Now, you know, if that's, uh, you know, just extrapolate that, and what that means is that there would be like 94 million miracles, I think it is, or some extraordinary number of miracles that have taken place. Now, let's say 99.9% of those are wrong. Let's say they think they're miracles, but they're really just really extraordinary coincidences. That would still mean there'd be about 100,000 miracles just in America. Mm. So I think miracles, miracles are probably more common than we think. And what's especially interesting to me, really blow my, blew my mind, is that 55% of physicians in America say they have seen a miracle in their practice of medicine. Mm. Now, that's particularly exciting because here we have people who understand how the human body works, who are well-educated, uh, who have no motive to uh, deceive or to, um, you know, read into something. And, and there's 55 percent. So that, that's a majority of physicians saying they have seen a miracle in their practice of medicine. I, I think that's extraordinary. It is. It is. Um, and, and it goes against those who argue that uh, faith and reason are inc- incompatible. Exactly. I mean, um, in Michael Shermer's magazine, Skeptic Magazine, there was an article by an atheist doctor who said that it's only, in her words, the uneducated um, and, um, what's the other word she used, <laughs> uneducated and uncivilized, <laughs> as she used it, who believe in miracles. Well, 55% of American physicians, I don't think you can categorize as uneducated and uncivilized. Right. <laughs> you know, I think, I think she's disproven by that statistic right there. Uh, one of the phrases that came out of your discussion with Shermer again was, uh, this response about the granddaddy of them all in terms of miracles. Can you expand on that? Yeah, the granddaddy of miracles to me is the uh, is the creation of everything from nothing. Uh, mm. That God created the universe from nothing, and and you know modern uh, physics and cosmology points powerfully toward a supernatural creator. Mm. Um, you know, whatever begins to exist as a cause, we now know that at some point in the past the universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe must have a cause. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of a cause can bring a miracle into existence? It must be powerful uh, to create everything out of nothing. It must be smart because of the precision of the creation event. It must be um, a timeless or eternal uh, because it existed before physical time. It must be immaterial or spirit because it existed before the physical world. It must be um, 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 caring because he created a habitat for mm. us that is, is, is wonderful, that allows us to flourish. And, and Occam's razor, the principle of Occam's razor, tells us there would be one creator. So you just play that out, you know, a singular, powerful spirit 
um, high, intelligent creator. That that that's a pretty good starting point for a description of God. Amen. And then when you look at the fine tuning of the universe, the fact that uh, the laws of nature and the the numbers that govern the operation of the universe are fine tuned on a razor's edge so that life can exist. That's just another example of um, evidence that points toward a supernatural creator. So I think the the evidence from physics, in fact, in my book, I spend two chapters where I interview a a guy with a PhD in physics from UCLA, who's a professor of physics at a major secular university, uh, who crashes uh, subatomic particles together at the super collider in Switzerland, and has has published dozens and scores of uh, peer-reviewed scientific articles um, and his conclusion is the evidence is clear and convincing that there is a supernatural creator behind the cosmos. And as I said earlier, if God created everything out of nothing, then for <laughs> him to do a miracle, for him to heal someone, for him to um, 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 you know, do the miracles that are claimed in the New Testament would be simple. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Again, for those of you joining us, we are on air with... Uh, author and speaker and apologist, uh, Lee Strobel. Uh, he has a new book out, The Case for Miracles. Uh, my l- next question deals with um, your citation or quote from Roger Olson, uh, where yes. he basically intimates that uh, many Christians are em- embarrassed by the supernatural. Yeah. W- what did he mean by that? Yeah, you know, this is a very interesting um, observation. He's a, a professor of theology at Baylor University, and his belief is that there are a lot of churches that are embarrassed by the supernatural. Mm. What he means by that is, in this culture in which we live, uh, a lot of Christians want to be accepted. They want to be respected by their neighbors. They don't want to be seen as weird as people who believe in anything too out to lunch. And so they tend to downplay the work of the Holy Spirit. They tend to downplay the supernatural. And, um, you know, I I see those tendencies. Uh, You know, we don't want to be seen as, you know, being like those weird faith healers you see on TV sometimes. Uh, We want to be respected. We want to be seen as normal. But, hey, we just happen to believe in Jesus. Well, the truth is, if if you're a follower of Jesus, you believe in some pretty extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. And one of them is that God has the power to intervene in this world. And the Holy Spirit can't be put in a box. He does as he will do. And, um, you know, so a lot of churches, I think, kind of discourage the Holy Spirit's work within their midst because they like things organized and well thought out in advance. And and the Holy Spirit is unpredictable. Um, So I I, I think it's interesting. You know, he comes from an interesting background. He was raised in a charismatic. Um, uh, became um, more mainline evangelical. And at one point in our interview where he was remembering some of the miracles that had taken place in his church uh, growing up, he started to get teary-eyed, and he he took out his handkerchief and kind of wiped his eyes. I said, what's going on? He said, I miss those days. You know, I I miss, you know, this uh, this, uh, receptivity to the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit Mm. in our midst. So I think, you know, and and I think it's significant that this book on miracles comes from me because I'm not seen as a charismatic. I'm kind of a mainline evangelical. I have a Baptist background, an interdenominational background. And um, I think maybe a book on miracles coming from me is more important than a book coming from a well-known charismatic who you would say, well, of course, they believe in miracles. 
when I think a lot of mainline evangelical churches kind of downplay the miracles, and I think we have to say, wait a minute, we need to open our eyes to God's activity in our midst and his divine action in the world today. Amen. Thank you so much. And this was so good that uh, the time went by quickly. But I do appreciate you for all the work that you're doing and all the books that the Lord has uh, uh, moved on you to write. We've all been helped. And I just thank you for your ministry. And uh, prayerfully, we'll, we'll talk again. But thank you for being on Sound Reasoning. I surely enjoyed it. Thank you for you and your ministry. God bless you and all your listeners. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Brother Lee Strobel, uh, the author for The Case for Faith, The Case for Christ, and now The Case for Miracles. And it's important that all of us that are Christians understand that one of the major essentials of the faith is the physical resurrection of Jesus the Christ, and that is a miracle. And as Brother Strobel intimated or stated, the resurrection should give us all hope. If Jesus can raise himself up, on the third day, then think about what he's able to do in our lives. That same power, the same dunamis power that he rose up with, we is still accessible for you and I. And all of us uh, that are going through things, uh, God can heal. Even if he doesn't heal physically, God can heal us spiritually. God can help us with the same power that raised up Jesus. Whatever addictions we may have, whatever isms we may have, whatever angst we may have, the same power that raised up Jesus the Christ is accessible. So in order for us to get over envy, in order for us to get over strife, in order for us to get over gossiping, in order for us to get over whatever our hangups are, the miracle is a reminder that God has enough power to help us overcome. And as one author puts it, miracles are a signpost to a greater message. So God performed these miracles for all of us as Christians so we can have hope and know that his power is limitless. We serve a God that is all power, and we don't have to um, try to work things out in our own strength. God's power is enough to save, and definitely if he can create this world ex Nihilo, then he can definitely work out your problems. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org.
The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.